Mindfulness mode 244. I looked at the sky thinking, there's always a template for growth that you created, God. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Lankford. Hey, Mindful Tribe, thanks again for joining me here. Great to have you on board with us. Last time, I talked with someone who studied psychology and pursued a career in corrections, but she knew she was in the wrong place. Her work didn't gel with who she really was. Then she started making soap and selling it. Now she has a soap empire. Hear more about the soap queen, Anne-Marie Fiola, at mindfulnessmode.com slash 243. Hey, are you thinking about maybe launching your own podcast? I highly recommend it. It's a great way to kind of express yourself and well, meet people through interviews if you decide to do it that way, or just chat and share what you have to share. Well, you will need a host, a place to upload your episodes. I host with Podbean, and I have to tell you, they are fantastic. They're built specifically for podcasters. They've been around for 10 years, and the pricing is super competitive. It's only $9 a month, no matter how much content you upload, and they have great stats that you can check out as well. You can help support Mindfulness Mode, the podcast, and get a month free with my affiliate link. Go to podbean.com slash podbeanmm. Today, you're going to hear from one of the most calm and cool guys ever. Yet, he is driven. He was driven to set a world record in podcasting, and he achieved that amazing goal. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the coolness of Angel Jones. Hey, Mindful Tribe, this is an exciting day because I have Angel Jones with me today. Hey, Angel, are you in mindfulness mode? Yes, I am. I can tell by your voice. That is awesome. Angel Jones is all about conversation. So much so that he set out to break a podcast conversational record. He recorded 1,001 conversations in only three months. He's host of the podcast, 12-Minute Convos, which you should check out, by the way. He's an entrepreneur and life coach. He loves helping you create a brand of yours through his personal formula called YOURS, an acronym for Your Own Unique Real Self. Angel is from the twin islands of Trinidad and Tobago and lives there with his wife, Amanda, and their two children. So, Angel, what does mindfulness mean to you when you hear that word? What comes, what pops into your mind? The thing that pops into my mind, first, right, right now, it's just to be thankful a bit quickly to say thanks for having me, Bruce, and thanks for allowing me the opportunity to connect with you via your audience. Uh, I think mindfulness is just that sometimes things pop especially gratitude, and it's necessary to address it immediately. Um, and for me, mindfulness means just that, being aware of the thoughts that are popping and then being able to address some. Most times it's to not address that 
little thing on your shoulder that's telling you you can't do it. <laughs> right, and we all are familiar with that, I'm sure. That little voice, that little, uh, you know, you just have to just move forward. Exactly. Yeah, well, I know you're a family man. I'm, I know Amanda because I met both you and Amanda at PodFest when... We were speaking there in February, so that was so exciting, Angel, to sit down and just chat with both of you for about 45 minutes. I just totally loved the conversation. But tell me about family and what it means to you and how you stay in the moment with your family. Family means a lot to me. It's it's the second thing. Okay, so it's the third thing in my in my in my value system so i have god first and then i have myself and then my wife and my family uh how do i stay present which is a bit challenging most times Mm -hmm. Uh, i'm the type of person that loves and sticks to schedules um sometimes on the button most times Mm -hmm. but having that in my calendar as a to-do thing where i'm open to well, let me not say open. So even the thing that I'm doing is scheduled. So we read to my children every night before they go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And we're using a book called uh, Something Virtues, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, in that book, there are so many stories that instill virtues. Mm-hmm. Uh, sitting with them and reading is one of the ways that we are sure we're getting that that family time. And that then spirals into so much more uh, in so many different ways. So I'm seeing this morning we were eating at the table and I'm seeing my son eating and reading with the book on his lap, which yeah. to me is such a great uh, seed planted and having the opportunity to see it grow uh, yeah. is really where we are seeing value in our family life. Oh, that's that's awesome. How old are your children, Angel? So at the time of this recording, my first son is seven. Uh, in November 2017, he'll be eight. And my other son, Amaziah. So my first is Jehaziel. And my second son's name is Amaziah. He'll be three. Uh, he is three, sorry. And he'll be four in April. 2018 yeah and do you find that they help you to be mindful they help you to kind of live in the moment more they do that's a great question because usually mindfulness for me has to do with the thoughts that are going on in my mind from previous situations right or scenarios and with them it's 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 seeing that happen now where they, you're seeing them being mindful or doing things in an innocence and it gets you now to think about what is activating that. So it's really an expansion of your mindfulness through their mindfulness. Yeah, that's great. Wow, I didn't even think about it. But yes, it does happen. Well, I've been a teacher for a long time and I just draw a lot of my energy from children and I learn so much from just being with them because they do live in the moment. Most yes. children do. Yes. A lot yeah. has happened as well too with that. You, um, Amanda who writes, she yeah. was writing for adults, right? With diabetes. Right. We spoke about this and 
Um, she just wrote another book that, that was published called Children, It's Time to Meet Your Teeth. And that was really a spin around, but it really came from her looking at my son's interaction with his teeth and the way he approached it, right? I guess there are many seven years out there, seven year olders that do not like to brush their teeth. <laughs> right, <laughs> when they probably. Do, when probably. they do, they do not put um, such work as we do. Um, but yeah, she decided, hey, let me teach him about this. So that is an example of how um, their mindfulness uh, affected our mindfulness. Well, and I love the book that she wrote about diabetes, and it's great for helping children understand, but also adults, because it's simplified, it's fun, and it really breaks a lot of those myths, I think, that people have about sugar and diabetes. So I, I think it's wonderful that she's helping to educate the world the way yeah. she is. Thanks for that. I call her sweet rice. <laughs> Do you? Yeah. Sweet rice? Yeah, sweet she rice. is. Oh, she is a lovely, lovely woman. Yeah, she that's, is. That's for sure. Now, I know, Angel, from chatting with you that you have, you and Amanda have had some real challenges earlier in your, a few years ago in your life with, you know, some money challenges and things like that. And I'm interested to know how you got through that, how how you use mindfulness, or maybe you didn't, but how you got through that challenge, because I know that was pretty major for you for a while. Very correct. Uh, again, I, I love Bruce's way of attacking questions, folks. I love it, because just before I got on, I was listening to your interview with your previous podcast, and it was interesting when you asked the question, what book, right? What book, um, and I'm sure we're getting to that, yeah. what book um, you recommend um, that is on mindfulness? And the seven baby steps that Dave Ramsey um, shared speaks a lot to my mode of learning. Put it in steps, and that means there's a beginning and an end, and I'll get it done. Very goal-oriented, and mindfulness has a lot to play in that scenario. So here I am um, in debt. Uh, the company I'm working with just entered into the third month of strike. So we're not working and um, sitting. I think I was being mindful, just laying on the ground, thinking about where I was in my living room, the TV being on at the same time, Benny Hinn saying that he's about to interview Rabbi Daniel Lappin, who wrote the book, Thou Shall Prosper. 10 ways for making money, right? Mm -hmm. And as I said to myself, wow, in my mind, right? As mm -hmm. loud as I'm hearing my voice in my headphones, if it's any time I need to learn about making money, it's now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. And I went through that book the same day. And then he said to the ending, hey, if you need the tools, because he basically shared the the theoretical aspects of why we should be accountable with our money. But he said, if you need the tools, here's what. Check out Dave Ramsey, the total money makeover. And I got that and I went through that. And all the while I'm telling my wife, we need to do this. We need to do this. And she's looking at me like oh, another one of his entrepreneurial <laughs> dreams. <laughs> <laughs> 
and in I'm I'm super summarizing here, folks. But we we did that, and she jumped on board after reading the book, and she said, "Okay, let's do it." And we went through that process, and I honestly believe the reason I'm I'm speaking about that is. And I'll say the name of the other book when we get to that part. But sure. that book then connected me to a model of mindfulness that I've applied thereafter through my life, even through the 1001 conversations. It's like steps, right? It, it was 12 weeks, 90 days, three months. It was steps. Um, and being mindful by having a template where you're tracking where you are, where you'd like to go really creates a grand opportunity for you to learn a lot about yourself. Right. So tracking where you are now, did you establish some new habits through this template that really helped you to move to where you wanted to be? Yeah, a ton. And in this period of time we're talking about, it's all happening organically. Mm-hmm. Like I am speaking, this is a 2020 hindsight, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. So there I am. But at that point in time, we were learning new habits because we desired a new goal to be at yeah. a new place, to not have this amount of debt that was really straddling or holding us down. So we got to that place. Um New habits that I learned, uh, how important it is to wash your own car. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That is a great saving. My wife speaks about how she started to do her own hair. Interestingly enough, we started our own gardening, uh, kitchen garden, right? That was tremendous. And that created another model, a level of mindfulness where I'm really connected and intrigued by how plants grow and how trees live now from touching and seeing them grow and seeing some of them die. Uh, so yeah, th- those were three habits that came about reading. I would we started to read because you're home, right? The social mm-hmm. things that you would do, you're no longer doing. And again, each thing is helping me in my own uniqueness grow, as well as Amanda. And now the children. At that time, I had one son, and he's mm-hmm. looking at this and he's seeing this. You know, Dave Ramsey talks about more is caught than taught. That is yeah. so true. Okay. And what was the toughest habit that you set out to break? And did you succeed? Yeah, I think it's still a battle. I think one of the habits I have, it's dealing with myself in my mind only and not communicating my thoughts to my wife. Mm. Uh, Very, very important uh, because of the mindfulness that we sometimes have the conversations that we're having in our mind. It sometimes feels as though everyone knows what we're speaking about, uh, or we're speaking from the perspective of I've already had this conversation with myself. You should know it. And I think it takes a habit breaking opportunity like quarrels <laughs> to let yeah. you <laughs> to let you understand that the way you communicate with yourself, especially within that mindfulness moment, it's necessary for you to be mindful, play on words, folks, but to be mindful when you're speaking to others about your mindfulness because 
they may not necessarily communicate the way you communicate in your head. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, I know earlier you mentioned God is number one for you, so you're a devout Christian. I'd like you to share about how you, you know, about the importance of God in your life and and how God helped you move through this, how being a Christian helped you move forward in your life from that time when you felt like things were not going well. Most definitely. One of the things that Dave speaks from in his budgeting plan that connected with with me a lot is that he said, hey, give, save, and then pay bills from the beginning to the end. So you're in debt, you're doing that. You're out of debt, you're doing that even more. And God really stands... Interestingly enough, on my podcast, I asked the question, do you believe in God? And many people, Mm -hmm. there are very few. All right. So probably about 10 to 20 percent said no, they do not believe in God. That's another subject. So in terms of speaking about God, it's not something that I've done tremendously. And I'm glad you asked the question because Mm -hmm. it gives me the opportunity to say that God has been centerfold of everything I've done and he is definitely the encourager. He impacts my mindfulness tremendously, tremendously because the divine connections that I've made, I believe it's, it all stemmed from him deciding, okay, this guy is ready for this. (laughs) This guy can now handle this. Um, the meeting of Bruce. Bruce was walking by, and that, that there was that urging, right? Like, do not let this guy pass. Have a conversation with him. And it's those types of urgings, those types of directives that allow me and have allowed me to connect with people from all over the world, um, even though they do not believe in God. I believe in God, and the conversations come from a non-judgmental place. Right, and that's so important. I think that's a huge part of mindfulness, to be non-judgmental, because I think it can totally change the way we look at life and the way we, we look at all kinds of situations. So I know on your show you ask, what's your earliest memory? What's your earliest memory, Angel? I'm fascinated to know this. Wow. So my earliest childhood memory is sitting on the base of my parents' bed Uh with a book in my hand, looking through a window, a very small window that was in an easterly direction Mm -hmm. and actually being fascinated by... Well, okay, now I'm fascinated by the mindfulness that I had at that time because my cousins were playing outside and I could hear them and then I could hear other songs. But being aware of my thoughts is the memory I have at that specific time and understanding that even though it was a dark room or the light was off in the room, even though it was dark, that I wasn't by myself. Uh, so that's interesting because being such a devout Christian, you felt that even from the youngest time in your life. Yes, I And did. what do you think is the significance that that window was an easterly window? Yeah, well, interestingly as well, the road, the main road was 
outside of that window. And for me, um, just like in the book, you're podcasting me back here, Bruce. (laughs) (laughs) So my interpretation of that thought picture is that that for the Eastern Leopard, the sun rises. Well, the sun, we see the sun from the east first. Yes. Uh, That source of light and the source of light and warmth and life represents so much. And I'm saying the source of life, meaning the sustenance of life that the sun offers us on the earth. it, It represents so much that I was looking to the place that light comes from, even when it was dark and it represents belief belief that there will be better and there is more um, the hope that it represents as well beautiful I like that and I know you live in Trinidad and Tobago do you live in a city tell me what it's like where you live yeah, great question. It's it's very quiet. It's getting louder now. Their houses. So I live on a hill, and it's country. It's yeah. It's what I would call country, mm-hmm. and uh, it's beautiful. The birds are beautiful. I got up this morning, walked out in front, and looked over at the hills all around, and the skies. And while there aren't many beautiful houses around i looked at the sky thinking there's always a template for growth that you created god and that's everything i look upon and i'm looking at birds that because it's so high where we live you're seeing the birds flying and they were flapping and i was looking Mm -hmm. at the way they were the entire bodies were moving in this motion to get from one place to another so i live is very beautiful um um, bruce very beautiful and can you see the ocean from where you are? I can see it. On a clear day, I can see it, yes. <laughs> and do you go to the ocean often? I do not. Intermittently, I do. Uh, so one of the things we did last year is go to the beach every month. Uh, but interestingly enough, I mean, I speak to so many people around the world. One of the things they say, I think they think I live by the beach. So Angel, yes. is the ocean great today? Yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably about 25 minutes away. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's, it's kind of funny because it's true. I always think of you as being right there with the ocean. You know, you and the ocean, those are both in the picture when I think of your name. And it's interesting because I live by the Great Lakes. So in 25 minutes, I could be to the beach on one of the Great Lakes and yet we don't go there very often. It's really not far. But yeah. I could go to Lake Ontario. I could go to Lake Huron. I could go to Lake Erie. They're all, especially Lake Huron and Lake Erie, are very close. So it's it's funny that even though that that huge lake is there, and it is massive, I just don't go to it that often. And I like what you said about last year. You made a point of going there every month. What what do you think is the significance of water in your life? I know water is something that really um, has a lot of connection to mindfulness a lot of times. So what are your thoughts on that? Hmm. I remember one book that I read uh, 
this guy, he what he did is he took pictures of water, right, and froze yeah. it. But he, I think he he put words close to it or spoke words like love, yeah. um, heat, and he would take these pictures. It was really amazing to see the formations that were created because of that. Uh, water represents a lot. Um, I was talking to one person and he said, I, "There's a warmth in your voice, and I think it's because of the sunshine you have. You guys experience." See, he's in Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, the water—it's fascinating, right, Bruce? What mm-hmm. what what we do not know. Yes, I'm contented with not knowing many things. I haven't dived much into what is the representation of water, but I do know that water is very powerful and I'm good there. Right. Yeah, sure. What about you? What about you? How has your studies been in water? Well, you know, I tend to feel very relaxed when I'm around the water and my office is just on a ravine and there's a river down at the bottom and I like to go down there and just sit quietly and just watch the water go by and sometimes when I meditate I just have that image of you know it's not it's not trying to rush anywhere it's not getting stuck it just goes it just happens Mm. the water just moves freely and so it's a great image for me to just imagine myself just allowing myself to just move freely and be who I am So that's yeah. part of it. I thought it just popped up that I remember there was one time I would take my Bible and after I dropped Amanda to work, I would go to the sea and read there. And I remember one time looking really, really long at the sea, right? At the water. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting to see because I really loved the water, right? So it was interesting right. to see the type of currents, like it was like an electricity that you would see going through the water at times. Right. Uh, that pops out though when you when you just share the peace that the water brings. I want to talk about yours, your you know, unique formula, which is an acronym for your own unique real self. How do you help people find their own brand and find where they really truly are in life and how they can move forward. I listen. I listen really, really, really deeply. Um, I really, really listen. Uh, the question that we asked on the podcast is really uh, a summarized version of the questions that are really important, I think, to individuals that they run past by. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are currently doing the accountability groups. Uh, so there's the podcast and mm-hmm. then there's the accountability groups that are growing tremendously that are fun. Um, I've incorporated many things that I've learned through my life and how focusing on certain things bring other things. And that's the way I'm doing that. So with the podcast, I'm able to say, hey, your individuality is the best place to build your brand. Not attempting to do what the other person did because it was successful, 
but doing it because it brings you happiness first. I spoke to my attorney yesterday and he said something, if I don't love it, I don't do it. Mm. And I thought that was a great motto for life. Um, If we would only focus on doing the things we love. And that looks like different things for different people. Um, One of the persons in our group that just joined Karen, she said something to, to me, Bruce. It's a, it's, it has affected, I like to say infected. It has infected my week, right? <laughs> yeah. she, she, said, she said she was married for 23 years. I said, hey, give me one secret. Give me one secret. Uh, give the group one secret. She said, well, I promised my husband that I would make him smile every day of his life that we were married. It's like, wow. <laughs> That's a great promise. I said that too. I said, hey, well, there you have so much. There's a blog right there. I'm seeing the tagline right there. Her name is Karen Ald. Hey, you put that in there as well, Karen Ald. How about promising your husband or your spouse to make them laugh or smile every day? I said, there's so much there. And she loves that. She loves, she said she loves that. So for me, those are the small things, the little things that we pass by. I mean, it's been 23 years and she made that promise and I'm not sure how many people she shared it with, but it got you intrigued, didn't it? It certainly did. Yeah, and it's those little things, but truly listening and asking questions. Yeah, that is fascinating. You know, Angel, I've worked in bullying prevention a long time, and I always like to ask this question, whether you were ever bullied or whether you ever remember that you were were a bully or anything like that where mindfulness would have made a difference. Do you have a story you can share with us about that? Yeah, I remember being bullied for a short bit when I was... So we have secondary schools. So we have primary schools and then secondary schools, right? Right. Um, That is what the equivalent to high school. Yes. Right? And what happened is when I went to that school, my aunt sewed my uniform. And my aunt, she's actually here visiting us, but she actually sewed the uniform to exact spec which meant that it was a 19, it was a, it was year two, no, 1995. Uh-huh. And I'm wearing a uniform that was drawn or designed for the 1960s, it seems. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and I really stuck out because my personality was the same. So I would go around the school, Bruce, telling mm-hmm older students, right? Hi, my name is Darlington Jones. For short, you can call me Darling. (laughs) And the the children who were my age didn't really like that, I think, or they didn't understand that. And there's this one particular guy that for some reason, he he got strength in bullying me. And uh, the bullying was we were playing football and he would run in and he would hit me or kick Mm. at me, right? And I remember coming home and telling my mother, because I'm a fighter, but I'm in a new environment. And I told my mother what happened. And she said, if he does that again, I want you to let him have it. Mm, (laughs) Right. Okay. Now, throughout that process, let's talk about the mindfulness that can really bring a detriment on an individual's life. 
getting up in the morning was painful. Going to school was painful. I remember having to go to the toilet before I go to school because in my mind, I was already conjuring up the emotions, the embarrassment that I would feel. I'll tell you something, though. He did do it again, and I did let him have it. And it was a lunchtime. It was in front of everyone on that side, that side of the block of the school. Now, this mm-hmm. isn't violent, folks. This is like, like script, like really like push off, right? Okay. But I won. And mm-hmm. mindfulness for me represented the pain there that you can go through. And so many other people are going through. And you need not to fight it, but in, at the same time, metaphorically, there are things that you deserve that you should fight for. Um, make it easier for yourself. You deserve it. I deserve it. Right. Yeah, it's about value. Yeah, for sure. Angel, my next questions are, just five quick answer questions. Short 30-second answers are perfect. Here's the first one. Who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness? I would say Hal Elrod. Ah, yeah, he's an amazingly inspirational person. How has mindfulness affected your emotions, Angel? It has helped me to become more stabilized. Tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness practice. Oh, I stand on my head every morning and breathe deeply. Um, that really brings a peace, a calmness. It's also great for my back. But in situations now, I catch myself breathing as a first response to a scenario, especially those drivers on the road, right? Right. <laughs> That's fascinating. How long do you stand on your head, Angel? I am up to just about five minutes now. Oh, that's pretty impressive. Thanks. Wow. Can you recommend a book that's related to mindfulness? I know you mentioned The Total Money Makeover by by Dave Ramsey, but maybe you have another book. I think you said you did. Yeah, I think Hal Elrod's book, um, mm. The Savers, we, we've been doing that. I am now on the 64. Mm-hmm. Um, of doing that consistently where there's silence, affirmation, visualization, exercise, reading, and then scribing, which is writing. That has right. really impacted me. So yeah, The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. Yeah, very powerful book. It certainly made a big difference for me as well. Can you share an app which helps you to be more mindful? Sure, Headspace was my first um, guided meditation app that I experienced that I really believe um, got me to understand the value of meditation. So do you meditate then every day, is that right? Every day, As yes. part of your routine, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I find it really makes a big difference for it sure. It does, it does. I think yeah. it connects you to other people as well because you're opening up a space within yourself for that connection. Angel, it's been great talking with you today. I really appreciate you getting on the call with me. How can Mindful Tribe connect with you and learn more about what you do? I would send them to, if you want to, 12minuteconvos.com. The podcast and the conversations I've had are hosted there. And hopefully you can hear a conversation and it brings value to you. 
I'm always amazed at how much you can accomplish in approximately 12 minutes. You know, how deep you can get and how fascinating the conversations are. I really value them. I appreciate that. I valued your conversation as well, Bruce. And I'm glad that the 12 minutes spiral into such conversations just as these where it's more time and um, we get to build relationships and share it with others. Right. Well, with that, I thank you again and uh, you have a great rest of your day, Angel. You too, Bruce. Thank you again. Yeah, bye now. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.